Every year, I I know that we get we get ourselves hyped up when it comes to NFL free agency. I do too. I mean, I I look at the NFL offseason, and for as much as I kind of like that solid two week break that we get now at this point between the Super Bowl and the Combine, the NFL offseason almost feels like another season in and of itself. Where I get pretty excited for Combine for the draft and. You know, everybody everybody always gets excited over different different moves, but everybody every single year, they want that big move. They want that blockbuster. Everybody gets super excited about the possibility of bringing in somebody and bringing in some big names. Now, when it comes to big names and, and splashy moves, Andrew Barry, he can do it at times. Uh, a lot of times he does really well when it comes to um when it comes to those smaller moves, the moves on the edges. The Obo Karanqua coming off of a, a, a good year with Houston, but really on that cusp of that next step. Juan Thornhill, a player coming off of a, a Super Bowl win with the Kansas City Chiefs. But he knew he could do more. Obviously, they had Tyron Matthew previously, but coming in, you knew what kind of a role that you wanted for him. Now, fast forward to this offseason here. And I think the Browns could go for a big, I think the Browns could go for a big move. I think they can go for a big move here. But in terms of splash move, what kind of splash move would would get me excited about this ne- about the next season? I have some ideas, but Matt Verderam, NFL reporter, national NFL reporter, he joined Nick and Daryl on the afternoon drive on Tuesday, and he had this to say about a potential splash move and what splash move would should the Browns go after. You could certainly argue a few different areas, but for me, I think the defense is terrific. I already think they're defensively, not that you can't upgrade here or there incrementally, but I think defensively they're they're great. I'd love to see them get a real top-end receiver to go alongside Amari Cooper, who had a great year. But if they can open up some space and they feel good about their cap situation going to free agency, and Higgins, I think Pittman Jr., they probably get bagged. Maybe you go out and get that second-tier guy, like a Calvin Ridley, or uh, you know, a, a Gabe Davis, some people like. Some people don't. I'm more bearish on Gabe Davis, but if the Browns like him, but someone someone on that level, not maybe the Mike Evans who got to make twenty five million, or like if Keenan Allen gets released from the Chargers because they have all these cap issues. Maybe they go that route. Like I'd like to see them look you have Njoku who's terrific. Cooper is awesome. Obviously you mentioned they brought in Elijah Moore. Like my whole idea is you build as much as you possibly can around Watson. You basically try to make it so that hey, it, this is foolproof. Like there's so much talent around you on offense. You just have to be a point guard. Just get the ball in their hands and let them go make a play. You know, I don't know how many Browns fans would agree or disagree with me, but I think another receiver to add as a running mate to Cooper would be awesome. And I would agree. I'd love to have another receiver. I'd love I, I'd love to have another running mate for Amari Cooper. And you know, it, it's funny him talking about, you know, having having the quarterback be a point guard and go ahead and have, you know, the the rest of that supporting cast filled out a little bit more. Almost kind of like what you're looking at with Brock Purdy. But 
I look at Brock Purdy and that San Francisco staff and that San Francisco supporting cast for my big move. Because I look at the way or I look at some of the I, I I know it's reading into social media. Not everybody likes to do it. Not everybody's forte, but the the one for me that I looked at and look, this is a this is a long shot because it would have to be a trade. It isn't a free agent, it's a trade. It's Brandon Ayuk. And Brandon Ayuk, if you are able to lure him out of San Francisco because you have his family posting out in cryptic Instagram stories about how does a guy with 1,300 yards end up with just three catches in the Super Bowl? Again, I have the same questions. I don't understand how you can how you can let that happen. But Brandon, I'm talking to you because I, I know you're definitely listening to me. You know, hey, Brandon, I, trust me, it would, there – there's no way that we would let that happen here in Cleveland. Absolutely, absolutely not. Absolutely not. That's a that's a crime for you that you had that happen. Brandon Ayuk is an insane talent in San Francisco, but at the same time, after next year, you're gonna have to worry about that Brock Purdy contract. All of a sudden, that seventh rounder is not is gonna be making more than six figures. It really helps when you when your quarterback doesn't make anything relative to relative to quarterbacks. So I look at Brandon Ayuk as someone that I would absolutely love to bring in. I'll give one on each side of the ball. But Brandon Ayuk for one, because Ayuk is somebody who Really came on in his last couple of seasons. Um, the first couple of years was not necessarily. He didn't play as well in his first few years because, again, 700, 750 yards in his in his rookie season, but only had only five touchdowns. But the thing is that again, in an offense where you have tons of you have tons of running back success over the years, and you have a quarterback that. Again, Jimmy Garoppolo, I, I like to call it Instagram stunt food. The guy might look good, but it's really bad for your health. It's really bad for your team. He can manage a game, but he's not going to do anything else for you. He's not going to actually give you anything of substance. So, Brandon Ayuk has improved in each and every season. Started out with 748 yards, then improved to just over 800, then 1,000 in 2022. Then in 2023, 1,300 yards and seven catch, and seven touchdowns on 75 catches. His average yards per catch were just shy of 18 yards. That's your deep threat. Amari Cooper can be your guy across the middle. He can be your guy route running. He can take care of the intermediate routes for you, along with David and Joku down the seam. Brandon Ayuk is that guy that can take the top off the defense. He's that guy that can really put your team over the top when it comes to when it comes to receiving options. For me, it'd be what do I have to give up? What do I have to do? Because that's a guy I want on my team. Bring him in, yes, please. And I know some of the other options that people have been saying. Oh, let's let's bring in Hollywood. Hollywood Brown. Marquise Brown. 
No. The guy couldn't. The guy couldn't deal with Lamar. He couldn't deal with Kyler Murray, and Kyler Murray he had in college. I, I don't. Th- I don't think an undersized speedy receiver is the right fit. Brandon Ayuk, six feet tall, two hundred pounds. The guy isn't going to get pushed around. The guy stands on his business. And when it comes to Brandon Ayuk, he's somebody who. Should be getting targets. And at that point, it allows you to shift Elijah Moore into the slot. And you can utilize his speed more. I'm not saying use him as Debo like they like Kevin Stefanski and company tried to use him early on in the season. He is a great route runner with great speed. And that's precisely why all of a sudden you get another player with speed and Brandon Ayuk out there with a little bit more size. All of a sudden, you get him in the mix, and start, and the offense starts to flow a little bit more. That's that's the dream when it comes to wide receivers for me. Another one that I'd love to see. It might be a little bit. It might be on a little bit on the older side. I wouldn't mind a shorter deal for Mike Evans. Because ever since that dude has come into the NFL, it's been a thousand yards every year. I also think that's going to be a little bit priced out of our range. So, again, like I said, I'm talking splash moves here. But the other thing that I think that we're not necessarily talking about in terms of splash move is that this is a team that needs to improve in different areas. And also, too, you have to worry about spending. Now, I know the cap is a myth. You can go ahead and finagle your way in and out of certain situations. I get that. But I think that a way that you can help yourself in terms of a splash-type move is by trading away one of your players. And when I look at this roster, I look at where can what is an area of strength that you can, that you can trade from? And... You know, I look at the secondary. MJ Emerson's going to have to get paid soon. You already paid Denzel Ward. And if we're looking at this cornerback room, I think that looking at somebody like a Greg Newsom could make sense. I think that being able to shift from Newsom and move up his college, his former college teammate Cam Mitchell. Cam Mitchell played very well in the slot this past year. Good tackler, not afraid to run, not afraid to get up and run defense. You get him in the mix all of a sudden as your slot corner. And if there's anything Andrew Barry has done right, and, and not just right, but has thrived in. It's been drafting corners. And not just drafting corners, but bringing in undrafted corners. A.J. Green was a good depth piece for a while. You also, like I mentioned, draft somebody like Greg Newsom, Draft M.J. Emerson. Draft Cameron Mitchell. Not only draft, but also develop. That's where I go ahead and see how this team has improved. 
and see where the strengths are with this team. If you're able to have and generate a good pass rush up front, you can move off of somebody like a Greg Newsome to go and maybe improve the offensive side. Maybe get uh, an upgrade at a different position on defense. There's different ways that you can attack it. Just like there's different ways that you can chime in. You guys can tweet at me at MacRobinson95. Again, Mac Robinson in for Jonathan Peterlin here tonight. Taking you up until midnight. Number to call in, 216-474-0092. Brandon Ayuk, my splash offensive move that I would try to target, my splash target from this for this offseason. When we come back, my defensive target. It's a big one. It's a long shot. But hear me out. Mac Robinson here on 923 The Fan. I mentioned on offense, my my guy on offense, my pie in the sky, I'd love to trade for him, Brandon Ayuk from San Francisco. I would love to bring him in and not necessarily get completely buried by Christian McCaffrey. But on the defensive side, and again, this one might be this one might be even more of a long shot after today. But we've been looking for a running mate for Miles Garrett for the longest time. And for Miles Garrett especially, you saw what can happen when you have other players like Zadarius Smith, like Shelby Harris up the middle, uh, Alex Wright again a- able to add more pressure as well, Obo Okoronkwo coming off the edge. You know, one peck or two, doesn't matter. He's able to get to the quarterback. Seeing how the pressure really affected Miles Garrett this year, he didn't even need to get the sacks. And again, don't don't tell that to Pittsburgh. Again, I don't want to. I know it's nothing that they're not used to, but I look at getting Miles Garrett a running mate, locked up, secured, long term, bring them in and get the job done. And the guy I look at is Chris Jones. Like I said, it's a long shot. It's a long shot. But Chris Jones is young. He's about to turn 30. But he's been in the league since 2017, or 2016, excuse me. And he hasn't had below seven sacks in a season. Since 2018, 2017, he finished with six and a half. And then every year since has been at least seven and a half sacks each year. And that's with Justin Houston in the mix. Now this year you've had George Karloftis in the mix. Frank Clark was in there for, for a few years. I look at Chris Jones and I think about just how successful he can be with the legitimate, not just a legitimate pass rusher. He's had those in the past. With the best pass rusher in the NFL. The only one that you can argue with Miles is Micah Parsons. And even then, I kind of look at them a little bit differently with how they're able to attack the quarterback. Again, Miles is your more traditional edge rusher, whereas Micah Parsons can be a little bit of a, a hybrid between a linebacker and an edge rusher. Miles can be your hand-in-the-dirt type of a player. 
But you get Chris Jones on the interior next to Dalvin Tomlinson. That's already two big human beings. Chris Jones, 310 pounds. Dalvin Tomlinson, good luck trying to move him. It's a lot. He, he weighs a lot. I don't know the exact number. He's a lot. <laughs> but you create that interior pass rush that somebody has to di- double team in the middle. Okay, so if you're double teaming in the middle, are you double teaming? You can't double team Miles. Or unless you go ahead and add, do what the Tennessee Titans did and bring along two tight ends to whatever side he's motioning to. You have to take notice of somebody like Chris Jones, who, again, people were making the argument that he should be in the MVP discussion because of his ability to impact the defense. But not only would you be helping your own defense, you would be severely weakening the reigning Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs, who you just so happen to play this year at home. It's a big factor here. And I know it's going to cost a lot of money. But here's the thing. With the way that they've been pushing off the cap and the way that they've been handling a lot of the contract signings, signing bonuses, all of that jazz, Haslam's are dishing it out. Haslam's are making it rain like a single guy on Valentine's Day at a strip club. They're throwing that money around left and right. So... I look at somebody like Chris Jones again, and I know today that he said, I'm, I'm going to be here today. I'm going to be here tomorrow. I'm going to be here next year, the year after and all that stuff. He also said that while having to be balanced by his teammates. So I'm also going to, you know, factor in some adult beverages that were in the mix throughout the day. And again, rightfully so. But again, I think that if you all of a sudden get into Chris Jones's ear, and you're able to say, hey, look, we've got the defensive player of the year with us. You're a two-time All-Pro. You're a three-time Super Bowl champ. You coming here, we already got Denzel Ward. We already got the we already got the defenders back there. You can talk to Juan. You can talk to Juan Thornhill. You played together. Go ahead. Ask him. How do you like it this year? How do you like Jim Schwartz? How did that make his life easier on the back end? I haven't even mentioned Grant Delpit. Like, you have these guys that are taking that next step. All of a sudden, you get a big piece, like Chris Jones. All of a sudden, you might be looking at somebody signing, or or a type of signing, like you saw from the Ravens with Jadevian Clowney. Clowney ended up waiting until training camp, as he always does, to sign with the Ravens. Clowney had one of his best years of his career. Why? He wasn't the guy. He just had to be a rotational piece. So all of a sudden, if you're able to bring back somebody like uh, Zadarius Smith, maybe you have players that are willing to take a little bit of a pay cut for a year to look better going into that next year's free agency. 
That's why I look at this being as important of an offseason. If you're able to replicate that same success that you had, awesome. Even better. It adds to your credibility. That's what you're building year after year after year after year after year. You're trying to build that up so that you can have this sustained perception and at a certain point, your perception becomes reality. You go from being the team that Ramon Foster clowned on saying, oh, we're being like the Browns right now. No, that was the old Browns. That was the Browns that you were used to beating up on every year. Not the Browns that beat you so bad you had to fire your assistant coach that you had never done, or at least not before the 1940s, before World War II. So pardon me on that, but all of a sudden the perception goes from you being a bottom dweller to you being a pristine organization. That's why next year's success and why if you're able to bring in a big-name player and have them succeed and do even more than what we're used to, that adds to that perception. Now, am I saying that you have to go out there and make an Odell move? No, because obviously we saw not every splash move is created equal. Not every splash move is the right move. That's why adding in somebody like a Chris Jones, who all in all seems like a good locker room guy, fun to be around, clearly as we we saw throughout the season, but... Adding him in the mix, and not only that, somebody who has a somebody who has a track record of success, not just individually, but with his team. And you saw what happened this earlier this season. Chris Jones was in the stands because he was holding out for more money. And what happened? They lost to the Lions. That is, little did we know a potential Super Bowl preview. But in seeing how that team was not able to defend well against the Lions and him not being out there caused more pressure on the cornerbacks, which, again, all of a sudden they're saying Legereus Sneed and um, their cornerback duo uh, that they have in Kansas City is one of the best in the league. It's the best in the league. Best in the league. You couldn't stop Amon Ross, St. Brown, and Josh Reynolds in week one because Chris Jones wasn't out there. But sure, you're, you're the number one, guys. You're number one. Okay. Again, you had a great season, but I'll just keep it a buck here. I think that Chris Jones has that big of an impact that do you necessarily need to have a running mate opposite of Miles? No. No, I think that you need that. I I almost think that the defensive tackle spot is just as impactful as an opposite, as a a pass rusher on the opposite side of Miles Garrett. Because so many times we saw, you know, I, I think back to the game against the Jaguars is the most egregious one, where Blake Hans, again, used to play here, guy named Blake, comes in as the third-string tackle 
And the only way that Miles Garrett didn't get sacks was because this guy basically put him into a sleeper hold. Where as soon as Miles got by, it was just grab the jersey and pull. And all of a sudden the referees maybe followed the whistle a little bit. Didn't 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 call a few things. All of a sudden the dirty laundry was clean. No worries. But if you have Miles Garrett that's getting held as he's trying to go around the edge, that causes the the quarterback to step up into the pocket. All of a sudden you got Chris Jones there. You got Dalvin Tomlinson there. You're creating that pocket to be shrunk. You're causing more pressure. And at that point, you're speeding up the internal clock of the quarterback. That's where you're going ahead and stepping up that defense. Taking it from not just being a one-year wonder, but evolving that defense and taking it from a Single season, taking him from a single year of success for this team and making it prolonged and building upon that. So, again, my big splash additions this offseason that I'm hoping for, pie in the sky, long shots, Brandon Ayuk on offense, Chris Jones on defense, what say you? Tweet at me, at MacRobinson95, number to call in, 216-474-0092. Coming up in about 25 minutes, we'll be going off the beaten path with Jake Murren. More to come right here on 92.3 The Fan. Twitter reactions powered by Shriven Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Uh, that guy in Cleveland tweeting in saying, a move on offense, I wouldn't mind seeing if he is, I wouldn't mind seeing if available is A.J. Dillon. Might be a good backup if things with Chubb don't work out. Um, I think A.G. Dillon's interesting. Um, obviously, the dude never skips leg day. But at the same time, I think he's an interesting back. Like you said, in a backup type of a role, I think would be interesting. But I do think that the running back position is one that is going to be that I'm one position that I'm going to be watching, especially this offseason. Because, look, do I think that Nick Chubb is leaving? No. Do I think they're going to cut Nick Chubb? No. I think that there's going to be some kind of a deal that gets worked out where, you know, it's an extension that will lower down the cap number, keeps Nick Chubb in Cleveland, keeps everybody happy. But I do think that now that you have a new running backs coach in Deuce Staley, you know, you have, and on top of that, you have a new offensive line coach in Andy Dickerson. So at this point, you have different names and different different coaches, different coaching styles, you might see a bit of a different type of a run game. Maybe that's also, you know, and that adds into the the reason why they move on from somebody like a Stump Mitchell. You know, sometimes you want different things from your offense, change things up. Obviously, Stump has been here since 2019, so now you get a fresh voice in and do Saley, who, you know, again, from everything I had heard from up in Detroit, fantastic coach, really good teacher, especially, works well with the running backs. Obviously has the um, has the experience in, in developing running backs. Worked with DeAndre Swift uh, as well up there. Uh, was part of the staff when they had Carry On Johnson up there as well. Um, 
but I look at the way that the Browns have their their offense shaking out now with Ken Dorsey as your offensive coordinator, Andy Dickerson at, at offensive line coach, Deuce Staley now in the mix. I think A.J. Dillon is an interesting backup just because he does have that receiving ability. I'll be curious to see what types of names they, they end up bringing in. I could see them going after somebody in the draft, but I think given the names in free agency that we have seen or should be hitting the free agent market, I think it's going to be fascinating to see who ends up actually you know, moving on and moving into different spots. Because, again, you go and take a look at some of the running backs that are going to be hitting the free agent market this year. Uh, Derrick Henry, Tony Pollard, Saquon Barkley, Austin Eckler, you know, there there are a lot of guys, Josh Jacobs, and those are just the top guys. DeAndre Swift, I just mentioned him. Running backs aren't going to be getting paid top dollar. I want to see if Andrew Berry might get a little bit aggressive after some of these different running backs. You know, maybe you're able to bring in somebody like a DeAndre Swift on a cheaper deal. And at that point, you go ahead and you put him with somebody like a Nick Chubb or even a Jerome Ford. DeAndre Swift is the the perfect type of a running back where he can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's very quick. He's quick to make that first move. The only thing that hurts DeAndre Swift is, for whatever reason, he loves to fall down at the one-yard line. I know fantasy football owners absolutely hate having DeAndre Swift because he will have a massive game and then he will fall down at the one. Jamal Williams says thank you for giving me a multi for getting me a multi year deal because of the amount of touchdowns you gave me. But the amount of running backs that are out and available in free agency, I think it's something that's underrated here. Because again, you have somebody like J.K. Dobbins, who Again, Ohio State fans know him. Ohio State fans love him. Because of the injuries, you don't know what you're getting. And for me personally, with Nick Chubb coming off the injury, I don't necessarily know if I want to invest that heavily and at least bring in that many running backs with a with leg injuries and with an injury history like J.K. Dobbins has. But A.J. Dillon is a free agent. You know, he's somebody that I, again, I wouldn't mind bringing in somebody like a Dearness Johnson. Although, again, like I mentioned, you're you're running a different run scheme this year, so maybe DeAndre Johnson or Dearness Johnson, excuse me, doesn't necessarily fit that. One that I think is underrated that I don't think gets enough appreciation that I actually wouldn't mind either is somebody like uh, Antonio Gibson, who. Played receiver at Memphis, gets drafted in the third round, converted to running back. He's six foot two. Only problem is that he got placed in Washington. Which that goes without saying. But I think that it's gonna be interesting to see what positions do you see Andrew Barry get creative with? Because there are certain positions that have a lot of excess in free agency. And again, like I mentioned, you know, Obo Okoronkwo and Juan Thornhill are two great examples of players that, you know, day one, day two of free agency are able to reel in and are able to play a prominent role for your team. Did they make the most money? No, absolutely not. But they were able to fill the role and they were somebody that you targeted heavily 
because you knew that they could fill that role. So I'll be interested to see how that kind of gets filled out here. And again, you guys can tweet at me at Mac Robinson 95 on Twitter. You guys can call in 216-474-0092. And, you know, with that being said, I think that the more interesting aspect of this offseason for the Browns is really going to be, do you go for the big move or do you try to build upon what you had from last year? And what I mean by that is you have certain veterans that are on your team that you can go ahead and bring back. One player that I think that they that they should bring back, although I do think that they need an, a, a bit of an upgrade at this position, but Sione Takitaki was somebody who really developed by the end of the season and really blossomed into a fantastic player at linebacker for the Browns. And I felt like Sione Takitaki was taking on that leadership role. So much so that I think that when it comes to the defensive side, you know, Anthony Walker has been a very vocal leader, but I could see Takitaki almost filling almost filling that role. But when it comes to Takitaki, he's somebody who only made a couple of million dollars last year. Is it going to cost you an arm and a leg for a young linebacker like him? I don't think so at that position. But then again, you know, you have Ryan Poles, who's still somehow employed in Chicago. And he gave out massive contracts last year to TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds. I don't think it's going to cost you an arm and a leg, but I think you can secure Taki Taki to a multi-year deal. He's somebody who I could see them going ahead and keeping around. But the thing is, is that if you go with the big splash move, you're going to have to make adjustments. And it's going to end up costing you players. One guy that I don't want to see him go because, again, genuinely, one of the best dudes on that team, one of the best guys, Wyatt Teller. Comes in, works his tail off each and every day. And seeing how he works, he makes all of the... He somehow has a highlight tape as a guard. Where you see guys that he will end up throwing 10, 15 feet down the field. But in seeing that, Wyatt Teller also makes a, a good amount of money at guard. And if you're going to save some cash, do you maybe try to see if you can move off of a, a very talented guard like Wyatt Teller, maybe kick somebody inside, kick one of your tackles inside, and then at that point you're able to free up some other space that you have for a top-tier defensive tackle? You know, again, one of the top defensive tackles out there. I know Nick has been talking about him for the last few days. Justin Matabike. Matabike is one of those top-tier interior pass rushers. And, you know, he had a great year 
for for Baltimore this past season. And again, I'm not going just based on the sacks, but any time that a defensive tackle can make 13 sacks in a season, you know he's doing something right. And obviously, he has those edge, those edge rushers that are able to take up some of, some of the attention from the offensive line. But guess what? You got Miles Garrett. You're not you're not hurting in that department. So the thing is that if you're going to bring in some of these guys, you're going to have to look at other positions that you're that you're going to have to make sacrifices at. You're not able to just go ahead and bring everybody back, keep it all together, and or I should say, you're not able to do that for long. You might be able to do that for a season, but eventually, as they said in Doctor Strange, the bill comes due. Eventually, you have to pay that. And you look at Tampa Bay, the reason why they were able to keep it together, at least for this year, after the Tom Brady year, is because Baker Mayfield came for cheaper. Baker gets a big payday this offseason. We're going to see some changes down in Tampa. Could it be for Mike Evans? Yeah, that's a very real possibility. But again, that's where you have to see sacrifices be made. And in doing so, that's where you have to realize, okay, where do we want to put our efforts? Where do we want to put our salary at? For the Miami Dolphins, before the Tua extension comes in, that's why they were able to afford to get Tyreek Hill. That's why they were able to bring in Jalen Ramsey. That's why they were able to bring in you know, other top talent, Teron Armstead, at tackle. You know, that's where you can go ahead and see some of these guys take advantage and really improve with some of those other some of that other talent. Brock Purdy, the best example. So question going out to you guys, and again, 216-474-0092, tweet me at MacRobinson95. Question to you. If there was a position that you'd be willing to sacrifice talent for to open up space for more talent at a different position, at a position of need. Which position are you looking at? Again, 216-474-0092. Cavs and Bulls going on over at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse in the second half. And we'll have more with Daryl Ryder later in the show. He will be joining us. As well, and then we'll be talking a little bit of NFL with longtime NFL assistant coach Kevin Spencer and Super Bowl champion. Talk to him coming up at 10. But coming up next, bringing in Jake Murren. It's time to go off the beaten path right here on 93 The Fan.